We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Ariel Kolpak. Ariel Kolpak is a podcaster, professional speaker, and business coach who focuses on mindset and limiting beliefs. As a certified Myers-Briggs practitioner, certified coach, and certified neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, Ariel is equipped to dig in and help her clients to identify the mental and emotional roadblocks that are hindering their success. Her coaching practice and her coaching philosophy is Harness Your Hindrance. Ariel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lori. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here too. You and I have sat on a panel together helping small business owners kind of take their business to the next level. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Um, but before we dive in, I got a couple of fun questions related to what, you're, what you do. Um, sure. You're reading your bio and learning, and I didn't know why I didn't know this, but that you're a certified Myers-Briggs practitioner. This really got me excited <laughs> because I've been secretly obsessing over my Myers-Briggs recently. So oh, I'm just going to put you on the spot if that's okay. Um, based on what you know about me, what do you think my my Myers-Briggs I don't know, acronyms, characters. I don't know what the <laughs> score. <laughs> Letters, <laughs> preferences. Letters, yes. <laughs> oh, you're really putting me on the spot here, Lori. I love it. Um, so the funny thing is actually as a certified practitioner, uh, one of the kind of ethical rules is you can't uh, guess or say what you think someone's Myers-Briggs personality type is if they don't already know it. So since you already know yours, mm -hmm. I can make an assessment. But if you didn't, I wouldn't say because I would not want to influence. Um, oh, I know what mine is. I... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, I could be within my ethical obligation. Um, and oh, you really are putting me on the spot. So I would read you as having a preference for introversion. Um, oh, the second one is always the hardest. I usually have to come back to that. I would ha read you as having a preference for I'm trying to think if we've had enough interactions for me to determine this, watching your decision making and such. But I, I would perceive you as having a preference for thinking, and I would perceive you as having a preference for judging. So I would jump to INTJ. Would it be ISTJ or INTJ? Mm, I'm going to go with ISTJ. Oh, you're close. Um, it's actually ENTJ. ENTJ. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I would say I'm right on the line of introvert, extrovert. It depends okay. on the situation and um, how I feel during the day, I guess, to some extent. But mm -hmm. um, interesting. Good job. Fascinating. <laughs> we'll have to definitely well, talk about this further. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is with preferences, uh, you it, people show up in different ways in different environments. Sure. Um, your natural personality type with how you're hardwired in the brain is one way, but that doesn't mean that you always show up in alignment with the general characteristics or manifestations of your personality type. So I may perceive, be perceived very differently at work as I am from at home, sure. um, but I only have one true personality type. Interesting. Okay, cool. Love it. Really 
Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to talk more about your type in the future because this is, I love it. It's my passion and I can talk about it all day long. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to admit this. I'm on a Facebook group for females that are ENTJ and it's that's fascinating awesome. me because I'm like, oh my God, these are my people. <laughs> so many levels. That's incredible. Uh, that shows that you're probably, that you uh, probably have the correct assessment and are finding people that you align with, which is such a gift. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, all right. So why don't you share with us the meaning or philosophy behind the name of your coaching business? Harness your hindrance. Absolutely. So Harness Your Hindrance is really the philosophy, the meaning is in the name. The, if you find the definitions of each of those words, what it really means is to take control and make use of whatever is holding you back. And that's really at the core of what I believe that um, you, you can't always remove the barrier or the obstacle. You can't always eliminate it, but you can always take control and make use of it. Sometimes your greatest hindrance can become your greatest strength if you learn how to harness it. So that's why I study Myers-Briggs as well as neurolinguistic programming and other tools of understanding human behavior and psychology is because oftentimes it's just about bringing in the tools to learn how to harness it, um, not always removing the obstacles or feeling overwhelmed by them. I think about it from a rock climbing perspective, you can have the biggest cliff, uh, the biggest overhang. And if you, but if you have the proper harness, you can climb or conquer whatever is in front of you. So that's the, the philosophy and the meaning behind harness your hindrance. I love it. And you definitely put a lot of thought into that. And um, I think it's fairly clear and intuitive what your objective is at the end of the day, which is to help people overcome that hurdle. And yes. that's fantastic. Um, exactly. So what are some key practices that help people with shifting their mindset? So oftentimes it starts with just awareness of what your mindset currently is and what you want your mindset to be or how you want it to be different. So little, honestly, it's the little things that make the biggest difference. Simply identifying where's my mind, where's my focus right now? What is my mindset? And I recommend using what I call triggers. So having a keyword or even a movement a phrase, a sound, something that when you are recognizing you're going down a negative mental pattern or you're losing focus or your mindset is in a less than empowering state, you might say, using a trigger to just say, okay, we're going to shift. I'm going to shift out of this. It's kind of like a break in the road saying, oh, we're making a turn here. And that can be, again, a sound, a word, a phrase, something that means something to you that tells you, okay, we're stopping this now and we're going in a different direction. It's one of the most powerful tools is simply awareness and identifying where you are and where you want to go and just making that, that shift. It's always that first step that makes the biggest difference on getting you on a new path. Yeah, that's great. And I love the thought behind having a trigger that it sounds like, um, help me understand or make sure I understand that the trigger is something that kind of says I'm going down the wrong path and it's time to reposition and realign, Mm -hmm. um, get back on track type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And one of mine, for example, for a year, I would repeat over and over and over again, whatever I would notice I was getting caught up in perfectionist thinking or telling myself it wasn't good enough or I wasn't doing enough or whatever it might be. I would always repeat 
over and over again, progress, not perfection. And sometimes I would repeat it to myself 10 times before I could fully make <laughs> that turn. But just repeating myself, progress, not perfection, progress, not perfection, progress, not perfection. Okay, I'm going to stop focusing on trying to make it perfect. I'm going to focus on making progress. I love that. Yeah, that's great. It's almost like an affirmation to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's yeah, great. that's when you're you're saying I'm I'm not going to be this way or this person or in alignment with this character. I'm going to be in alignment with something else, something that is going to pull me and push me further towards where I want to go. That's great. So, um, is there a mindset or mindset shift that is important to have when it comes to networking? Ooh, you know, I'll explain this one with a story. I w- was working in Newport Beach, California. And I was in charge of the training and development of financial advisors for a firm out there. And one of my advisors would come into the training classes and I led a lot of the training classes. And he would say to the advise, new advisors, he'd say, if you want to learn how to network, go with Ariel. I was like, why are you? I'm not a financial <laughs> advisor. Why are you telling them to go network with me? And he said, you may not be a financial advisor, but you're the best networker I've ever seen. And I said, well, thank you for the compliment, but I, I don't know how to teach that. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I, networking isn't something that I strategize or think through. And I frankly didn't even have um, that much, much to gain. I was looking for potential great recruits that I would want in my training class, but um, I was going in with an openness and enjoyment. I said, I'm one of those weird people who actually loves networking. (laughs) (laughs) Some people call it a necessary evil. I Mm -hmm. would find excuses to go networking. And I said, uh, there's certain things I can teach people, but the part that I don't know how to teach is a spirit of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I said, that's the part, that's what I go into every networking event with is just pure curiosity. I have no idea what's going, where the evening is going to go. I have no idea who I'm going to meet and I have no idea what I'm going to learn from them or what I'm going to gather or even what embarrassing moments I might have. Because <laughs> uh, there are definitely those two and you got to laugh those off. But the, the truth is I would walk in with just uh, a spirit and excitement of curiosity And that's when I think you really find the opportunities and the unexpected wins and those powerful connections. So when I think about a mindset, when it comes to networking, it's a mindset of curiosity and a mindset of exploration, trusting that there's going to be something fun, exciting, new and intriguing that you're going to discover. And you don't know who you're going to discover it from or where you're going to find it, but it's there. So a mindset of exploration, curiosity, and excitement, I think is the best mindset to go into networking with. I love that. And I mean, one of the things that we hear over and over again with the various guests that I have on this show um, is to be genuinely interested in the people Mm -hmm. that you are, you know, connecting with and curiosity really opens up the door for (laughs) being interested as opposed to interesting. Um, Yeah. So, Errol, can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience you, that you've had? I know that um, you've got some positive experiences and, and let's eliminate any fears that you know, these individuals may have, especially when it comes to the, that necessary evil of networking. Oh, sure. Well, I would say my, one of my favorite or most successful networking stories was actually from a group uh, involving Toastmasters. So I think networking, we can think about networking groups or networking meetings. But when I think about networking, I'm just thinking about expanding your network. And so you don't have to go to a networking meeting or be a part of a networking group per se. Those are great ways, but it's not the only way to network, right? 
And one of the groups that I would say I've utilized to expand my network is Toastmasters, which is a, a group for professional development and public speaking. Uh, is a group that I got involved with when I was out in California and received great professional development. But when I was in California, I actually went to, I think, eight different clubs trying to find the right club, the right fit, the, the, the group that I wanted to become a member with and continually develop my public speaking skill set. So I actually started to get a little bit um, worn out from exploring all these different sure. clubs. And I wanted to start to be more intentional with my time. So I discovered there was one club that met during lunch and I wanted to explore that club because I thought that's probably fellow professionals, networkers, those who can take a lunch break. And I had just started my own business. So I had that availability now too. So I reached out to the vice president of membership for that club and said, I'm interested potentially in your group, but I'm trying to be really selective with my time because I just started my own business. Would you be open to meeting one-on-one -on -one and letting me know more about the group so that I can know if it'd be a worthwhile uh, engagement? Mm -hmm. She said, yes. We met, ended up becoming uh, great connections, great friends. I became a part of that Toastmasters group. It was a fantastic group. But also she was actually the head of the HR department for her company. And over time with that in initial engagement, she said, I'm really intrigued by what you do. I think our, uh, we could use help from, uh, we could use your services from an HR perspective. And that led to me being a part of that Toastmasters group, but then also coming in and doing training and seminars for her company. And that was a great opportunity, especially being one month into business. That was an incredible opportunity for me to have that, uh, that contract and that training engagement. So that was one where just simply reaching out and saying, you know, I'd love to connect. And we shared about each other's businesses and what the challenges were. That led to an incredible collaboration. We're still friends to this day. So That's that was one of awesome. my- Awesome. I love that. What stories. I love about yeah. that is one that you were, were really being thoughtful and intentional with your time. Um, and I think a lot of professionals make that mistake and just kind of jump everywhere. <laughs> um, but two, that this- uh, interaction, which was definitely focused on just you being um, intentional with your time, ultimately converted to an amazing business opportunity for you. And yes. you had no intention of that happening. Exactly. That's, That's oftentimes awesome. when the best connections happen is when you're not expecting that and you're just open and connecting and finding out what their needs and challenges are. That's where you really find the opportunities. Yeah, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. So regardless of the size of your network, it's extremely important to nurture these relationships. Can you share how you stay in front of and best nurture your network and your community? I'll be transparent. It's not, has not historically been my strong suit. I joke that I am a terrible representation of a millennial because I don't enjoy <laughs> social media <laughs> and I'm not uh, actively as actively engaged online as many of my peers and fellow network connections. With that said, I found, I did know and have learned through studying human behavior and I read the like switch and some other uh, trainings on building connections and relationships and familiarity is a key aspect for building those relationships and people wanting to connect with you, build a friendship with you, build a business uh, you know, have a business connection with you. So I realized that not being visually 
in front of clients, my network, my connections was my own hindrance. I was not uh, taking control of that opportunity. So I, the way I did that was I know that I communicate best actually through speaking rather than through typing or writing. And I think you should use your strengths. And so I started a podcast and that I can promote on social media that I can offer value and content just like you do, Lori. And it's a way to connect with people, add value and stay front of mind and present. And it's also actually providing something, giving something um, while staying front of mind and also in alignment with your brand. So that's the way I've found to kind of overcome my own weakness or challenge with staying engaged and present on a visual standpoint is by providing content and promoting that content to my network. And I've actually had people that I set up networking meetings with and they say, even before a networking meeting, I listen to some of your podcast. And so it provides actually a great conversation opener as well. Isn't that great? Don't mm-hmm. you love hearing that? Like, oh, I do. yay, people are listening. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, I do got to go back to what you said, though, that you're you're not really strong on social media because I, I do recall a recent interaction where you were named the selfie queen. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I said that I never expected to receive that, <laughs> that title in my life. Um, but I do think that when you're in an event or with peers and you're having a good time or you're really enjoying that engagement, uh, it's, I think it's special to capture that moment and to share that with your network and with other people. Um, And honestly, standing alongside you, Lori and Mervyn um, on the panel with YGTV, I'm honored to be a part of that. And that's something I wanna share with others. So I think capturing that moment and and sharing it with others is a great opportunity. And now I feel like it's an expectation and I can't let you down. I have to be the selfie queen (laughs) when we're on the panel together. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I just had to bring that up, sorry. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. So if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Now I love and understand the power of relationships. But when I started my professional career, I'm not sure that I did. My friends would actually say to others who didn't know me as well, there's work Ariel and then there's Ariel Ariel. And what they meant by that was when I was in work mode, I was in work mode. Like I had a different walk (laughs) and they knew that I was in a kind of intense mode. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when I was at work, I I loved relationships, but I didn't understand the power and the value of relationships. I kind of had this mental separation of those powerful relationships are for outside of work and the work relationships, you got to work the relationship a little bit, but you, it, I didn't see it as an investment, I guess. Now I understand that the greatest movement, uh, the greatest results, I guess you could say, come from relationships. And I wish I had understood that at the beginning of my career because I think I would have invested in some other relationships that I saw as a distraction from the task. I saw as a pull away from the productivity. And if I had viewed relationships as an investment that you don't never, never know when it's going to pay off and you don't know which investment is going to work, but relationships are a very important thing to invest in. I think I might've treated, might have treated some opportunities and some people a little bit differently. I don't think I broke relationships, but I don't think I always invested in relationships. And looking back, I think that was a missed opportunity. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I look back and I had some amazing professor professors during my um, education and, you know, college and, and, post, and graduate school. And I did not invest the time in building those relationships where mm-hmm. I know that they would have been more than willing to support in the long term. And I think that's, yes. you brought up a really good point that it's like, I just got to get this specific task accomplished, but that's really a short term way to look at things where investing in a relationship. And I like the language that you're using. I mean, obviously that's your strength is <laughs> words, <laughs> our power. Um, it, it really is a long-term game mm-hmm. and strategy at the end of the day. Yes. And you never know when it's going to come back, but also my encouragement with that is it's never too late. I actually spoke with the senior director of alumni engagement of my university about less than two hours ago and said, Hey, let's reconnect. I'd love to share with you what's going on uh, in my business and with my networks and hear what's going on at the university and see how we might be able to collaborate and support. And then she said, I want to connect you with uh, the head of our business school and see how we might be able to create some mutual value add there. And so I found well, it's never too late to re- awesome. reconnect and re-engage. Very cool. Absolutely. You can always build relationship. There's a lot of truth there. And, mm-hmm. and go back to an old relationship and, and rekindle it. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And again, you're going out, going in without expectation, but just rebuilding that relationship. Uh, the more that you invest in, the more likely you're going to f- see the results. Totally. All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me? Oh, I love it. Well, now my mind is jumping to ENTJ. So I'm going to try. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, don't apologize. I love it. Um, No, I think my question for you, Lori, is what have you seen to be your strength with networking and your challenge? Because I think sometimes personality types play into that as well as our own experience or fears, right? There's so many different things that play into our strengths and our weaknesses in a certain area. So what have you found to be your strength and your weakness in networking? And I'm curious if you've also seen a trend with perhaps some of your guests with what they've talked about with as far as strengths and weaknesses, common strengths and weaknesses with networking. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Because usually we talk more tactics and not so much strengths and weaknesses. Um, Mm. Personally, my my strength, I would say, is that I'm fairly open. And I think because I'm very diversified, it's a lot easier for me to connect with people. Like I can find common ground quickly, which is extremely important in building new relationships. Um, I'd say one of my weaknesses is that over time, my my personality, which is the ENTJ, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can get me in trouble sometimes um, mm. because I am very direct and not yes. everyone responds well to that. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that is common uh, with <laughs> ENTJs to have that experience and I think we all have strengths and weaknesses. And I actually just had a call yesterday with somebody who said, I get really irritated when someone is not frank with me. Do you feel that way sometimes? <laughs> yes. Just get to the point. <laughs> right. Just tell me. I don't need the whole dog and pony show. Just tell me what I, you need to tell me. <laughs> yes. Um, it can be a, definitely a strength and also a weakness, depending upon who you're speaking to. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's a fun question. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm curious, have you uh, seen that your 
strengths and weaknesses are common with people that you interview or connect with, or have you seen them to be very different from you? Um, it's all over the board. You know, what I find is I do get along better with individuals that respond to the same way that I respond to things. So mm-hmm. if people um, like the directiveness that I give, yep. um, then we get along better than than those that don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had, it's interesting, you know, having employees, I, I've got to learn everyone's different. And yes. sometimes I need to, you know, walk delicately as opposed to just being direct with them. So. Well, I think that comes into play so much with the networking. And when I talked to reference briefly about embarrassing moments, uh, you know, those are many when you are in constantly conversation with people. But one of the things that I think that I always walk away laughing about at networking is I can be diplomatic, but I also am like you where I'm kind of like, all right, let's get to the point. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get to it. Um, I love relationships, love networking, but I also like, I value transparency. So I'm just going to, when I have a thought, I'm just going to kind of share it. And I sometimes see the people's reaction of, okay, or they're not responsive to that type of communication. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes leave that conversation just kind of laughing like, oh, okay, well, that wasn't a great connection or that wasn't received well. And realizing, I think so many times in networking, people are like, what did I say wrong? What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, how, did, how should I have said that differently? Sometimes you're not going to know until someone responds. Sure. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's an indicator of, you know what, we're not going to respond really well to each other or we're, there's a disconnect there. And is it worth reconnecting or not because you're not going to mesh with everybody yeah correct with networking too don't expect yourself to connect with everyone or mesh with everyone because you're gonna have different communication styles that's okay it's just a some of it's a filtering of those finding those who you do connect with that's the other thing with networking when i would go to networking events i wouldn't go in trying to connect with everybody i would go in and kind of see as a let's find the couple people that i do connect with sure yeah yeah, that definitely makes sense. You can't be everything to everybody. Exactly. Um, which which definitely some people are doing, <laughs> which yes. is wrong. Wrong yes. way to tackle it. Um, all right, Ariel, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I think when I talked about uh, investing in relationships, you never know when it's going to come back to you or when uh, someone may need you as well. So just as you said, Lori, uh, stay open, stay curious. Uh, You never know what seed is going to sprout. So nurture them as best as you can stay front of mind. And the, as being the mindset coach that I am, uh, stay focused on what you can control, stay focused on your mindset and your focus. And then, trust that the results will come as long as you continue to invest in those relationships and nurture your network. Love it. Wow. You just like wrapped up the whole episode in a sentence. (laughs) 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 If anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Well, you can reach me via my my website, which is my business name. So www.harnessyourhindrance.com. Also, of course, works if you just type in harnessyourhindrance.com. And there you can access, uh, you can get connected to me via email, see my uh, social media links, and my podcast is on there as well. Awesome. So everything should be there. Cool. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. 
Fantastic. I really enjoyed it. This is a lot of fun, Lori. Thank it you for having was. me. We always have fun together. <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, if only we had caught a selfie of us doing this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, not, not the virtual uh, conference call. <laughs> That'd be interesting. All right. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Ariel for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we will see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.